Okay, welcome back to our Fate of Midgard game, Stranded in the Southlands. I'm your Game Master Porter, and our players tonight are Tiffany and Aaron. Let's go ahead and do a quick intro of our characters. Tiffany, you go ahead and take off. I play Mira Barkridge. She is a well-meaning, eccentric, earthen enchantress. Her trouble was compelled last game, and we now have a very firm Mira does not kill. And that is her trouble, for better or for worse. Awesome. Um, her following aspects are horticulture for hire, herbalist, hobbyist. She is the caretaker of the figs. She is continually disconcerted by I miss my grove and she has the winter court dagger and a currently being repaired um, a staff of four seasons that is sort of in progress at the moment. All right and Aaron. I play Eleanor Westergaard and she is a human sorceress. Her high concept is glamorous, infiltrating hunter. Her trouble is venom in my veins. And then her other aspects include fantastical facades, Westergaard family business, lady on a mission, and then her gear aspects are a vampiric dagger and a fancy whip. <laughs> so when we ended last time, there was a lot going on. And today is going to probably be a lot of fallout from last time. How about we do a quick recap of what our last session was? What do you remember? Um, we took down the were tigers. You did the indeed. end. Boom. <laughs> <laughs> Final showdown. It was an entire episode of one fight, but it was a pretty <laughs> big deal. It had been a long time coming. Oh, and um, Eleanor Eleanor took down. Daruka single-handedly by draining him dry. Yes, she did. She is a sight. <laughs> that was quite the fight, and I, I was as a as a player out of character, me the person. I was loving the the gore and the, <laughs> uh, the takedown of just how brutal that fight was. Just you know turn after turn after turn um can i just say as game master that i'm a little sad daruka never really ever got to like wreck some stuff yeah but here's the thing i knew okay so i you I knew I, he would i'm sort of like a one-trick pony when it comes to daruka like i remember the first time that i shrunk him and i was like ah this is it this is his achilles hill yeah and so I did it again, and luckily the dice were totally in my favor, but I had to pump everything I had into that because I, did. Knew, I knew that if he got to get to his real size and do what you wanted him to do, oh yeah, I mean, there was going to be bad things happening, yep. really bad things happening. Such an ignominious end to such a fun NPC. He was an awesome <laughs> NPC, and I do feel slightly bad that he's... Nah, nah, nah. <laughs> That was a Only that was a good go. that was a good exit. So and then what happened on the other side of the uh, of the square in Mira's showdown with Nakumba? Because so, it did not end that way. No, no, Mira did everything she could to um, set plant traps and all kinds of grappling vines and bitey poisonous blooms and things that would take 
that would ground a levitating uh, wizard tiger and uh, try to keep his sort of charge ups at bay by interrupting him and keeping him on terra firma. And keep him in Yolok's reach. Yes, to make sure that, yeah, from afar, I sort of ranged attack enough plant traps to let Yolok do his thing and take him down. But th- when it came down to it, he was de-handed. <laughs> oh, <laughs> which right. Which meant he was yeah. completely um, powerless <laughs> forever. Yep. And when it came down to it, to just take his life, begging and pleading and completely disarmed, um, Mira couldn't do it. And Mira saw the greater side of mercy and let him go under the promise that nobody ever hears from him again. And to be fair, you wrecked him. He will have a very long road of recovery ahead of him. So, yeah. I just don't know Um, how this promise is going to go. I think about my three-year-old when she hits her sister on the head with her little shovel (laughs) And I say, do you promise not to do that again if I let you keep your shovel? And she says, yes, Mommy, I'm not going to hit her on the head. And I turn around and boom, <laughs> she hits her on the head. Well, first he has to get a hand back. That's true. Somehow. It's a question of motivations. And even if he did squawk, you know, hmm. he can't really do anything. And the people he works for, or I guess was indentured by, um, they're already after us anyway. So I, I feel like it was, well, this is probably a whole lot of in-character debate that we're probably going to end up having later. So <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Let's put a pin in that. So you but ended the- The point you... is, though, the, the, um, the wrap-up with Yolok, that yes. was the sort of epilogue of our situation, was that he was released from service, and he bequeathed us the items and treasures that he got from his quest. Yes, so Yolok jumped into your fight scene, coming from his side quest, um, and uh, he yep he brought some items with you, and then he Batmaned out at the end. Um, and uh, what did he leave you? What did he uh, leave you with? So Eleanor is currently in position of the Lantern of Shadow Flame, yep. which is going to protect us as we go into the Shadow Realm yep. from the. Um, what is it? The energy the shadow that, corruption. Yeah, the shadow corruption. Yeah. And we also have the fire scepter from uh, one of the mummies the that scepter. he fought. Yes, um, but uh, it's it is not in full sort of full status of repair. And Yolok but... did not leave us with the god killing dagger. <laughs> <laughs> Lest it be known, Yolok still has that. Yes, he We does. could have used that. Um, so just as you heard that secondary impacts of leaving Henna with the eye um, and, like, all the chaos that that ensued, you know, who knows? Maybe there will be some impacts of the fact that Yolok walked away from this adventure with a god-killing weapon. Who knows? <laughs> but either way, it was exciting. All right, so with that, you ended. we ended the adventure last time with you fleeing from the scene um, and getting away from the Palm Palace. And we're going to go ahead and just fast forward through, the, uh, through your, your flight through the, uh, the streets. Uh, you glamored yourself up and you moved, through the, you moved through the streets in disguise. Yalter is still with you. He is in 
all kinds of shock. He saw his uh, sort of friend beheaded in front of him. He's been through two different fights at this point. He is not comfortable with any of this. This is He is not an adventurer. So he's just following behind you in mute shock through this. And let's go ahead and pick up when you uh, reach the uh, the home of Tomlin. So as you are leaving the city, as you've been running through the streets, though, you are aware that there, like, it did not take long from the time you left the palace for the city guard to get mobilized, and you did have to take some stealth along the way. the the uh, The city guard is absolutely out in the streets. And so you make it back to Tomlin's place under duress. What time is it? Oh, it's late. It's it's a, it's a little after midnight, we'll say. Okay. Because you got to the tower originally, or not to the tower, sorry. You got to the Palm Palace originally for your your meeting after dark, and it's been hours since then. Well, Eleanor is quite a sight to behold right now. I mean, she's been glamoured as we've been going through the streets, but she is covered in blood. As you are going through the streets, you are still riding on the high from the battle. And I'm not gonna I'm not going to compel you to go like attack random innocent people in the streets. However, as you are as you are moving through the streets, your senses your predatory senses um, from your from your the this vampiric blood are just like dialed up to eleven. So you are incredibly aware of um, of Mira's heartbeat, of Yalter's heartbeat, and of the smell of every individual that you're passing. And they all like right now, everyone around you smells like food. And you are satiated <laughs> enough because you just drank deeply of Daruka that you are not hungry, but you are tuned in. So it's extremely distracting. What kind of food does Mira smell like? Ooh. <laughs> I mean, I have a hunch she she smells like some sort of like savory herbal tea or something like that. Like, Some, like ginger and like, earthy salad, <laughs> earthy something that's salad. like that's not very aromatic at all. <laughs> Spring greens, <laughs> and uh, and Yalter smells like uh, jasmine. Mm. <laughs> so, um, so yeah. So I'm not gonna. I'm not going to. Oh, sorry. How do the the tattoos? work on sort of dispelling this kind of like effect on her oh that's a really good point so since she's been in like such active mode um yeah mira you notice that her her tattoos when she's not glamored um before she glamours herself up before you leave the scene um her tattoos are like pulsing red like they're radiating a red glow and how I so they're working. They're working, yes. And how are so as bad as she is, is way better than it would be like than without. Correct. 
And how I recall that it works is that every day I get to take off a box from these tattoos. Is that right? Every session. Every session. Every session. Right. So, um, so yes. So you can go so, ahead and mark one additional one off because this is a new session. Okay. Um, so yes. Yeah, so you are you are in control, and and uh, along with the fact that they are visually pulsing, if you're not glamored, you you just feel them as like an extension of your your pulse. Like you feel you're just hyper aware of just kind of everything that's going on in your own body, and that includes this like pulsing of every couple. Every couple pulse beats, there's this extra large one which coincides visually with the f the glowing red of your special tattoos. Except for once you leave the scene, you are probably gl you are glamoured all up to look very unnoticeable. So, so you you pass through the you you wind your way through the streets trying to avoid the uh, the major roads because you see the guards kind of patrolling around. And you make it back to Tomlin's house, uh, to his, uh, to his, uh, um, small apartment. And you have a key. Uh, he gave you a key, Mira, so you're able to just walk in the door. And you see him sitting at the table with a cup of tea in his hands. And he's just sitting there and he looks up and he looks so tired. But he's been waiting up for you all night. And as soon as you walk in the door, he jumps to his feet, Mira, and he runs over to you and takes your hands. Oh, well, I mean, <laughs> forget that. I mean, I'm just like kissing him. Like I am. Oh, like, good. This is ridiculous. And then there's I, Eleanor. I, he takes a moment. <laughs> he kisses Mira. And then suddenly he sees you and he, he pulls back and he sees you and he lets go of Mira and he physically steps back two steps from you, Mira. Because Eleanor is because covered in Eleanor blood. is behind your shoulder, covered and in blood. That is probably pretty alarming. Um, I am so so sorry that we are so late. I we we were what we happened? Eating we our story. Oh my! Again. We were ambushed by the were tigers. Um, but we can say we are safe. They are, are not safe a threat now. anymore. We've are, taken care of it. He is like he looks a little pale. Are you, are you, are he, he, are you okay? Are you okay? Oh, are you? oh, yes, yes, we are wonderful. Eleanor feels very hyped up. She's, yeah. she's great. <laughs> it, he looks a little, he looks terrified, frankly. Uh, Tomlin, do you mind if I excuse myself to the bathroom, the washroom? He just nods. His mouth is open, just gaping. Uh -huh. Eleanor is going to excuse herself to go wash up and change her clothes. <laughs> so I told you the story of the were-tigers who um, accosted us and took us hostage on our way into town when we first arrived that started this whole mess in motion. Yes, and, and, and you did mention that, that they had followed you here. And they, they intercepted us, leaving the palace, which was a conflict in and of itself. That this was, we, we had a whole encounter with, with the God King, and he tried to turn us wait, into the... Wait, what? What? 
we tried to strike a meeting with the God King and he was going to turn us into the, uh, the winter court and, um, basically collect the bounty on us. And we managed to escape that whole Wait, 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 wait. He sits down and his hands are just like on the sides of his face and he's just, he is totally out of his league. You, you, you met the God King. We, we did. We were um, brought to him by his uh, suite of guards and he informed us that he would be handing us over to the winter court who has put out the bounty on our heads. What happened? We escaped. Um, it was, it was tough to do. We barely escaped with our lives. Uh, we were, uh, this is Yalter, by the way. Um, I'm not sure if you've had the pleasure oh. of meeting the ambassador of the Oasis of Figs. Uh, Yalter steps forward, kind of, he's collected himself. It's a pleasure to meet you, sir. Uh, Tomlin, I believe it was, he holds out his hand, and he, Tomlin just kind of sort of numbly holds his hand out and just sort of nods as Yalter kind of holds his hand with two hands and gives it a very, a very grandfatherly uh, a, a very gentle grandfatherly shake. Thank you for letting me follow these these ladies into your home. Tomlin just kind of nods. Yeah, sure. Um, <laughs> um, I'm sorry. You met the God King and then escaped. We we did. Uh, barely. We we fought our way out, uh, and uh, he, he proved to be quite formidable in a fight, and... Uh, we you fought? To... Wait, you fought the <laughs> God King? Uh, we had oh. to. He was going to turn us in. He's, and... he's hyperventilating now. Oh, oh my... Oh my... Oh. I, I hope I haven't offended you, but I can assure you he... he was... He was not very nice. If this is someone who you've worried about offending, he, he was quite violent and brutal. And he... He murdered his chief of staff right in front of us. And we, we felt the need to defend ourselves and escape with our lives, which we barely did. <sighs> Only, oh, of that's course, good. to be... To be intercepted by the were tigers, oh. uh, our our would be pursuers, um, all the way from Perbestet, and we neutralized their threat to us. And now, having escaped with our lives barely twice, in a matter of a single evening, we are very happy to be here and to be safe oh. and to take a rest. He stands up and he's just, he, he's, he, he takes your hands and his hands are shaking and he, he kisses you on the cheek and I'm so glad you're safe. 
I don't even, I don't even know where to begin. Um, he walks to the cabinet and he pulls out a bottle of something that looks like alcohol of some kind and he pours <laughs> a few little glasses and he brings them over to you and, and, uh, and, uh, Yalter and he lifts the glass and does a quick shot. <clears throat> okay. All right. I'm sorry. That was a lot. Tell so... me about it. <sighs> so what now? <laughs> That's the question, isn't it? Um, first, I feel like we need to figure out a plan for Yalter because all of this with the God King began by us trying to contact the Oasis and through the embassy, uh, we were, a and the embassy's resources, we were able to uh, contact Sultan Hajani and uh, we were very grateful to do so, but um, the the bounty set set on us by the winter court um, made our contact with the embassy itself conspicuous. And so our dear ambassador has been ousted from, from his home as well. And so we need to find safe haven for him and we will prepare for our journey forward. <laughs> Eleanor comes out of the, um, out of her room at this point she's washed her face she ooh. sort of washed her hair ooh let's go to the let's take a moment let's take a brief interlude to the bathroom as eleanor goes in to clean herself up oh yes so there's a mirror in the bathroom eleanor you see yourself for the first time You've seen your, you've been looking, you know, you've seen your hands, you've kind of been able to look down at your clothes, but it's, it's very different when you see it in the mirror and you see your face. And as you peel off the bloody clothes, you see the tattoos. Your hair is covered in blood mm. and, and stuck to your head. Your face is smudged all over because you've been, you know, varying states of rubbing it and such as, as the, as the time has passed, but it's this pink all over your face. And then there's this clean white lines where your clothing and armor covered you, but there are the tattoos. And so you've got the bloody flesh of your face and your lower arms. And then the your clean torso, except for the pulsing red tattoos. And how does that how does that make Eleanor feel? Um, so as Eleanor is kind of disrobing and and looking, she's not really looking in the mirror at this point. She's try like she. I think she glances at the mirror and doesn't want to acknowledge. Mm. Um, and so she, she kind of gets everything off, but 
it comes to the point where you have to wash. Mm-hmm. And I think it's quite horrifying. The water runs in. First, it runs in bright, like deep red ribbons. And then it all just sort of turns into sort of a general pink. Yeah. She, as she's starting to wash, it sort of hits her as to what she's done and what this means and what this means that she is and that she's sort of become the thing that she hated. And she starts to scrub kind of manically trying to get all the blood out. She's got a Mm -hmm. basin of water that she just, you know, tries to, she doesn't pour it on herself, but she almost just dunks her head in trying to get it out. And once um, she washes her face and kind of, has gotten most of the blood. It's still probably pink because blood kind of leaves a little mm-hmm. stain. Um, she kind of starts to examine her teeth to maybe see, but they're not. No, they're they're, they're, they're normal. They're just normal, except for the 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 canine seem just ever so slightly more prominent again, but only a little. No one would notice. Yeah, she did not feel comfortable having all that blood on her. But now that it's been washed away, she's got the bloody clothes in a heap. She's breathing a little easier. The tattoos are... They slow down. Yeah. I think it's a little out of sight, out of mind. She just wants to quickly get dressed and comb her hair and be done with tonight. Because even though tonight felt amazing in some ways, it was also terrifying. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. So you cut, what do you, how do you uh, dress for leisure? What are you coming, how do you come um, out? She comes out in a nice chemise. Okay. Nightgown. Um, uh, probably like a white linen with a little bit of lace. Okay. So she, uh, she comes back out to join your conversation and Mira. It's Eleanor again. This is the Eleanor that you recognize. And all of her tattoos are back to solid black running down her arms now. It is it is a comfort. I as I'm like as I'm kind of like recalling everything that's happened and everything that I mean, just being in the palace now seems like I mean, it seems like a year ago, a week ago. It's months ago for us, but you know, it seems like it was so long ago of, you know, sort of the emotional weight of the fight. You know, we like got ourselves caught and we had to like get out of a sticky situation. But with the tigers, it was like, this was like an emotional fight that was like really, really kind of a defining moment. And, um, and so describing it was kind of this like out of body experience where it's like, yeah, we did all of that. And yeah, we did go through all of that. And like, I, Mira hasn't really had a time to process kind of the emotional part of it. And then seeing her friend back was, is this like, it's us and we're here and we're fine. And I think she kind of, for the first time allows herself to like break down into tears she just like collapses because it was like we had to like become what we never thought we could right and like really dig deep 
in order to get ourselves out of this situation, a situation that we should never have been in in the first place. And now it's like, oh, this is the Eleanor I recognize. And so she's here. So I must be here. And after everything I've done and after everything I've been through, here I am. And here we are together in peace. As Mira has her, has her, as Mira kind of crumbles for a few minutes, Tomlin is there and he holds you. And Yalter just kind of takes a seat and he just waits. And after a few minutes, once you kind of collect yourself, Yalter clears his throat and he looks first at Eleanor and then at Mira and says, So, what do we do now? Well, now, now we go to Paranew. I'm sorry, you're going to have to fill me in a little bit. What? Why are we going to Paranew? We are going to Paranew because the God King in the Great Pyramid is going to help us get to the Shadow Realm. The Shadow Realm has a road that leads to the Oasis. I'm sorry, Tomlin, could I have another shot, please? <laughs> <laughs> Tomlin just sort of smiles and nods and pours him another glass. Thank you. Mm, takes a shot. Could you just say that? <clears throat> that burns. Could you say that one more time, please? Which part? The Paranu or the walking the Shadow Realm to get to the Oasis? Sure. That does it. Thank you. All right. Wow. Okay. That's exciting. You don't have to come with us. You can if you want. We spent our time in the city planning this, this strategy, and we've ensured certain protections and contacts and I'm fairly certain that our escort with the Embalmers Guild is only expecting the two of us. And we, we certainly don't expect you to put yourself out any more than you already have. We've effectively destroyed the embassy itself. And so you will be not only looking for, you will be looking for not only a new home, but a new workplace. <laughs> and so we've displaced you enough. Um, and we we hope we can help however we can, although I think accompanying us any further probably won't. And I was thinking, we only have two wards against the undead that are being made. Precisely. It's true. Your, your path seems rather dangerous, and I'm not sure that I have the heart of an adventurer. Oh, my goodness. Perhaps it's time we relocate the embassy of the figs to somewhere more inviting. And with that, Yalter stands up. And uh, I think that is my cue to find a corner on the couch and go to sleep. I am... <sighs> I am exhausted. So I'll let the three of you wrap up your evening. Tomlin, I'm grateful for your hospitality. Thank you. 
You're welcome. And Yalter walks to the uh, living room and finds himself, fi- lays out on the couch with a blanket and a pillow and just crashes. <laughs> so, you go to bed. The next day, it's a new day. And uh, everyone is uh, refreshed. You refresh your fate points. If you have any stress, it's gone. Yay! Does anyone have any consequences? No. Didn't take any. Okay. I don't think so. So, I, it, uh, I think you I took would just exhausted. Like mark that oh, yes, Mira actually made it out of that fight 100% unscathed. Oh, yeah. You were a, several, you were a few zones I away. I was so far out of reach. I didn't take a single bar of stress. <laughs> <laughs> so, you have a few days... So it's now Saturday. You have a few days until until your uh, until your you leave with the Embalmers Guild on Tuesday. So things that are kind of out there, Mira, you still have your staff to finalize the repairs on, and yes. possibly if you want to try and do something with the scepter, that is possible. Yes, um, I wanted to. The thought of Approaching the subject of projects and things I hope to accomplish crossed my mind. Okay. But the night after the fight when everyone's exhausted is not the time to no. start saying, oh, and we have a cool magical craft project. Mira, if you want to do something with the staff and the scepter, which I think you do, then that's going to really kind of consume your effort because that's a big – that's a uh, integrating the scepter with the staff – as we've discussed, is actually a pretty big uh, undertaking. Now it's and it's something you can do in the time you have, but that's going to be like your task. Which means that if we want to, if Eleanor wants to go get uh, the components to do a scroll, she can do that. And Eleanor is going to need to be the one to go get the the uh, amulets on Monday because. Mira is going to be tied up working with the staff if you're going to proceed with that. Well, I definitely want to do that because other than a dagger that's not even mine, uh, I have effectively no weapons. And so um, I definitely want to do that, although it is not sitting super well with me sending Eleanor out by herself, given what we know. Yeah. Because it's not only just the scouts that were looking for us to begin with but now it's the entire city guard in general so i don't love the idea of her going out by herself yeah but i do need to do this before we go so i don't really have a solution (laughs) so here's your choice if you want to just repair the staff you can get that done by sunday and the two of you can go out together on monday if you want to integrate the scepter, that's going to take an extra day, and that is going to uh, that is going to require El- uh, Eleanor to go out on her own on Monday, because that's going to take a- that is going to cost you additional time in which to work on the piece. I think combining the staff and the scepter is badass. I think you have to do it. I, I mean, I definitely want to. I just want to make sure that that's okay with Eleanor. And oh, I yeah. I think Eleanor's feeling extremely oh, capable yes. right Very now. Very capable. <laughs> that's 
That's true. She did take down Deruka completely single-handedly. I, I just, I don't know, maybe my heart is just more like, we barely made it out twice. Do we want to risk a third time? Buddy I'm system. Just for my friend. <laughs> It's well, also easier for her to move to for her to just be glamoring herself. Yeah. So. And I'm just going to go pick it up. It's an errand, right? Yeah. And then we're taking okay. him a fig. Like it's Perfect. it's just a drop off pickup. I mean, I know I say that and I'm sure something could happen, but it should be pretty, you know, straightforward. There's <laughs> some <laughs> <laughs> pretty directed eyes at the DM. <laughs> It's my job to make things complicated. Of course. All right. So is that what you're doing? Yes. Okay. So in that case, Mira, this is going to be a bit of a, this is a bit of a montage over a few days. Okay. Because okay. you basically need to spend, you've been able to sort of let the staff sort of be treating in a, in a, in a, in the tub. Um, mm -hmm. And it's been, it's been, it's been working. And it is now very kind of mystically malleable. It has reached that point. And now is where the, now it's time for the work to begin. So Mira, what you discover as you sit down and inspect the scepter with Tomlin's help, and you sort of take stock on your staff that has been soaking in the tub and has been sort of mystically becoming more malleable, you realize a few things, or you learn a few things with Tomlin's help. The scepter is the, the, the case of, think of it like a, like a case around a core. The core of the scepter is functional. The core is good, and in fact, that core is really powerful. Now, it's fire magic, and Tomlin doesn't know an awful lot about fire magic. But he can tell that the core is good, and it's the it's the the outer shell of the scepter that is broken, and that's why it's not behaving properly. And as the two of you like talk through the metaphysics of it all, you think there's a very real chance that you could get the staff because it's so malleable now because it's been soaking in this special solution and you've been processing it for several days you think you could get the staff to encase the scepter and sort of meld with the scepter and in doing so effectively bring the power of the scepter's core into your staff and you would probably lose the abilities of the four seasons but you can really double down on the abilities of the of the the fire focusing on and really so it would become a staff of summer flame so in order to pull this off this is a focus skill check and or actually not not a skill check but this is a question of costs so in order to get the scepter repaired you've already been uh putting a lot into that at this point if you just want sorry not the scepter the staff if you just want to repair the staff you can 
in order to merge the staff and the scepter, that's going to take more time, which is going to keep you from supporting Eleanor. Um, but it's also going to take a significant investment of your own physical energy in order to manipulate the wood. Because you're going to have to get the wood to basically open itself up and wrap itself around the scepter and encase the scepter and seal the cracks and fill the gaps. And you can do it. You know you can. But you're going to need to... Um, you're going to need to mark a moderate consequence and take Ooh. that with you. Ooh. On the trek or through <laughs> the... You pair new. <laughs> yeah, like, for the, the... While en route, I will carry this, this moderate consequence, or... So for a moderate, it's one session after the recovery action, which we can basically say your recovery is... So this will affect you through our next session. To the end of the next session. Yes, because we will basically say that you can begin your recovery. We'll, we'll um, allow you to... You're, you are going to actually have to make a roll, but let's assume you make the recovery roll, which is very likely. Um given your skills that you will make the recovery before you leave on your trek and that that recovery will then stick. You will still be dealing with the consequence through the, uh, uh, through the next session we play. Okay. That sounds fair. I, I can handle the maintaining the consequence on the road. I'm not sure I want to show up into the land of the undead with a moderate consequence walking out through the rent gate. So, all right, cool. So, um, so I am, so that is the cost for you to make this mystical repair. So how about like charred hands or something like that? Sure. Okay. Very good. So that is the cost. We're not, uh, that is the cost of repairing the staff. Okay. So, that sounds appropriate. That is playing with fire, which is effectively what we're doing. So over the course of a few days, you are able to sort of get the stat, the, the scepter and the staff attuning to each other. You are you spend a bunch of time kind of getting to attune yourself to the scepter and understand kind of what's going on inside of it and getting it and getting it to accept you and um, in a in the final day, there's a dramatic moment where you are you spend several hours sort of working with the wood and and uh, focusing on it, and you actually get the wood to splay itself open. And it's sort of like un almost like the fibers of the wood unwind, and they encase around the uh, the scepter, and they intertwine amongst the uh the 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 big head of the scepter and they they leave what was previously kind of the glass uh the glass casing um where the where almost like a lantern at the end of a stick and you have to 
you are not comfortable channeling flame. You never have been, but you really tap into that element and the energy pours through you. And Tomlin is like behind you, sort of supporting you. And um, he actually jumps back as flame pours out of your hands into the staff and the scepter and it coalesces into the the head of the scepter now intertwined by by wood and a at when you're all done there's a steady flickering flame inside the head of the scepter that is just always there and it's always contained like a lantern and it's always giving off a gentle light so you basically always another kind of passive thing is you pretty much always have a light source with this scepter it's also kind of hard to hide um but in the as you look down you realize that your hands are burned and they hurt and tomlin immediately goes to work trying to help you sort of cool them and bandage them and you know you have ointments in your bag and but oh my goodness you have absolutely fried your hands channeling this firepower which has not come comfortably to you but now you have locked in and doubled down on the power of flame in your staff that was once the staff of four seasons and is now the staff of summer flame. So you have yourself a permanent flamethrower. Yay! Oh, the cost was high and the work was long, but I'm very, very glad. And you got it in time. Okay. So that is, uh, so you, in order to take that, you can uh, spend one of your, one of your permanent refresh to take that new stunt that we worked out mm -hmm. for, to represent yourself. And it's one of your, uh, one of your gear aspects as well. Mira, is there anything else you'd like to do around the staff before we switch gears to Eleanor's errands? No, I, I, um, what I'm interested in, I'm curious about the sort of pilot light kind of situation we are probably going to be in some pretty dark spaces coming up and um while it would be a help um it could also be as you said pretty conspicuous so i'm i'm almost wondering if i want to kind of sew a, a shroud or like a casing for it to like in case we need to kind of like hide ourselves in darkness really quickly i want to have some kind of cloth that i can cover it with like you you'd sheath a sword but you know a sure. staff is pretty large to have a full sheath for it just um just okay about, i mean i might just be wearing some kind of scarf i could just like toss over it it's not yeah it's a little trickier than it's a little trickier than that to come up with something that is uh flame retardant and so um go ahead and if you can make a clever difficulty four then you can have that solution in time for you to hit the road Okay. No. <laughs> uh, no, my clever is two, and I got minus one on the dice. So. Ooh. Okay. Now, if you wanted to spend fate points to change that, that is an option. Just checking before you say no. Now, this is also something you can continue investigating, and maybe it will get easier down the road. Yeah. This is just sort of a preparedness thing i'll work on it okay i'm not hugely pressed to do it right now all right fair enough okay so eleanor you 
head out into the city. Actually, on Sunday, there's actually a really scary moment where there's a knock at the door. And... Uh, so, sorry, before you head out on Monday, we're gonna, I, I do want to do this real quick. So on Sunday, there's a knock at the door, and Tomlin kind of looks around and, and mouths at you, what do we do? I think answer it and act you have normal. have to answer it. Yeah, act oh, normal. Uh, oh, all, all of you, go, hide, go, 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 shoot. Okay, so we, we go, we go right. to our room and hide. So you hear him open the door, and you hear some voices on the other side of kind of discussion, and then you hear footsteps as they walk into the house. <gasps> and they take a peek around, and then they leave. They don't dig through the house deeply. They seem to buy what Tomlin is telling them. So that's on Sunday. Oof. So Monday, you're heading out. So I'm assuming you're going to disguise yourself. Yes. Okay. What do you want to? Do? How do you want to disguise yourself? Um, I'm going to disguise myself as a lady because I'm pretty sure that's going to be easier than a man. Mm -hmm. And um, Eleanor has light hair, and so she's going to be glamouring it to be dark hair, darker skin, mm -hmm. um, and then just kind of wear uh, just clothing that kind of blends in, nothing flashy. Okay, what class? Like, what class does she want to, like, uh... uh... She wants to be, like, a spice merchant. Okay. All right. So um, with that, please give me... This is uh, really about being covert. So... Not clever? No, this is I about mean, I think being... that was pretty clever. She wants to blend in. <laughs> this is very much okay. about being covert. Okay. This is covert. If I ever there was one. This is undercover. Okay. Stealth. Difficulty two. That's a negative one on the dice. And she's got a two in covert. So that's a one. Okay. So, do you want to um, take a serious complication, or do you want to change that result with a fate point? Or, sorry, sorry, with so with magic, you can also um, you can also take stress, and that's going to carry through. Where this is basically going to be a long extended scene for because this is a challenge. Okay, yeah, I'll take stress. You're taking one stress. Yep. And you're heading out, and you're disguised as a lady spice merchant. Yes. A lady spice girl. <laughs> awesome. I love it. You'd be glamour spice. So, yes, glamour spice. So you are disguised. No, I would be gothy spice. You would totally be gothy spice. All right. Anyway, so you are... You are glamoured up as a spice merchant. You have one free um you are you have the aspect, but because you brought yourself to a tie, you don't have any invokes on it. Okay? okay. But you do have an aspect. So you are moving amongst the city and 
in the course of your uh in the course of your your movements there is a there is a checkpoint because you have to move from one in order to get to Malfo you have to move from kind of one district to another and there's a checkpoint that you're going to have to pass through so do you want to rely on your glamour to just see you through the checkpoint do you want to try and circumvent this in some yeah let's sort just go through the checkpoint parkour way no let's just right. go through the checkpoint okay so in that case go ahead and i just need a uh a difficulty two covert roll to, to uh to get yourself through mm. that's not looking good that is a negative two on the dice and mm. i have a two in covert so that gives me zero okay so that is a, and since you don't have any free invokes from your illusion, so that is a fail. So something is going to go wrong okay. unless you want to do something about it. I don't want to use my fate points on this. I want to save them for Paranew. If you get pinched, then we're in big time trouble. Now, just you to won't be clear, let me get Paranew is probably, there's probably a refresh between here and Paranew, just to be clear. Like. Oh, like, I just had a refresh, and I have five fate points. You're spending one on your. You're reducing that by one for your staff note, but that's not. That's neither here nor there in this discussion. So, <laughs> oh, <laughs> trying to help. I know. <laughs> okay, sure. I'll spend a fate point. Okay. Freaking get through a stupid checkpoint. Yes. Okay, so that will get you a tie. So. My thought here is that they are suspicious enough of you to, um... If you want to try my spices, come to my caravan. Oh my goodness. Nutmeg, rosemary, and thyme. Wow. Spices never end. Wow, that was... <laughs> that was impressive. I, mean, okay. I feel like that should just get me through the checkpoints. Ah. You wish. I mean, that's an inspired jingle right there. <laughs> so, um, they are suspicious. And... He doesn't appreciate me. <laughs> Keep going. And they, uh, they, draw, they uh, actually take you aside for further questioning because they're, they're buying your illusion, but your, your explanation is... They don't like my song? They're not liking your song. They're not liking <laughs> the song you're singing. Okay. So they take you aside for some further questioning. Okay. So... Um, your illusion is holding. They're okay. buying that, but you need to work through your story with them. So how do you? So you're sitting off on a on a on kind of a, around the corner, sitting and talking with now two guards oh boy. that are discussing with you. You now need to deal with these two guards. So you can continue trying to bluff your way through it. You could try to run you could also just try to you know beat them up like there there are several options in front of you here sure let's just try to let's i'm gonna take a page from mira's book and let's just try to like talk our way through this okay good luck because it always ended so well with me <laughs> well we're gonna try this way first okay okay so um are you are you are you trying to kind of firm up your bluff? No, you... no. I'm playing like the the kind of ditzy. Uh, I, I'm just trying to get to 
the market on the other side of the square. I need to sell my spices. I'm not from here. I'm sorry. I just, I'm not quite sure where I'm going. Okay. So is this more of a clever at this point? Then? Yes. Okay. All right. I'll take that. This is a difficulty too. Oh, hey. I got one on the dice and my clever is three. So that's a four. So you succeed. All right. So Ooh. they... They, uh, you manage to kind of keep talking in circles and they get a little, uh, they, they, they finally get weary of the conversation and, and, uh, don't seem to find enough holes to work that be, to be worth pursuing. So you basically convince them that you're just not worth spending more time with. Good. And they uh, take you back to the checkpoint and they let you through. Sweet. So you then reach Malfo's home. Yes. So you get to his home, and if you remember before, you had an unfortunate encounter with his housekeeper Jesha. Before, right, with the chicken, with the chicken she and the coin. Fan. She's not your fan. Uh, and then you ended up going using your carpet to go through the back door. By the way, where's the carpet? Is he back at home with, me with Mira? House. That is a harder uh, thing to hide. Yeah. Yeah, we so. would have left it at the house. Okay. So you're on foot. Yep. Okay. So do you, uh, how are you just going to knock on the door? Yeah. Or are you going to... I am a customer. You. Like I have, you have an business. eternal fig. He's going to let me in that door. Okay. All right. So you knock, the, you knock on the door. Are you dropping your glamour at the door? No. Oh, okay. So... The uh, you knock on the door and Jesha. I don't want her because I look different than when we encountered her. I don't want her to see me right now. Okay. Chicken and the coin. So you open. That's she funny. opens the door. Um, uh, hello. How can I help you? Hello. I am here to pick up an order from Malfo. I am a customer of his, and he said that my wares would be ready on Monday. Uh, I'm. I'm sorry, and you are who? Um, my name is Eleanor Westergaard. Hmm. Um, just a moment, if you'll forgive me, please. Uh, please do come in. And she brings you into the, uh, into the entryway and has you, offers you a, a little, uh, seat on a bench, um, right inside the front door. Please. Wait here until I come back. And then she scurries up the stairs to the second floor and disappears. And you... I'm being very good because I don't want to mess this up. I just want to be as quick and as clean as possible. Okay. She comes down the stairs and uh, the, the Master Malfo will see you now. Please follow me. And so I'm inside at this point, right? You are inside. Okay, I drop yeah. the glamour. When she says that he'll see me. At that point, she... Uh, oh! You... You... Oh, <laughs> the chicken! She's got a pointy finger. <laughs> oh! <laughs> oh. Oh, yes. I'm sorry. And I pat her gently on the shoulder. She's being very nice. See 
leaving. <laughs> okay, but she does her job and she takes you up stairs and around the landing to Malfo's workshop, opens the door. Sir, the lady Eleanor Westergaard here to see you, she says through clenched teeth. Sir, and then she leaves, shuts the door behind you, and you hear her kind of walk off somewhere. Yes, yes. Come in, come in. Good day, Malfo. Um, I believe that you had uh, two wards that you were l working on for me and my friend Mira. I am here to collect, and I also have payment. Very good. Please come take a, take a seat there. He kind of points. He, you can see he's, like, working on something very precise. He's got some... Um, he's got some goggles pulled down over his eyes. He has some implements in his hand, and he's working on something you can't really see. It, uh, he looks like he's right in the middle of a thing. Please, take a take a seat. I'll be with you in just a... <sighs> and he's just kind of working for it. It takes a few minutes for him to finally reach a point. And then he... <sighs> yes. Yes, I think that he sets his tools down, takes off his goggles, rubs his eyes. Ah, yes. Rubs his, looks at you and rubs his hands together. I'm so glad to see you again. He reaches over into a drawer, with, unlocks it with a key, and pulls out a uh, two small boxes. About the size of, you know, like a... Uh, each one is roughly the size of like a an apple or so. And he walks across the room to where you're sitting. And he he holds out one of the boxes and opens the lid. And in it you see the shiny gray surface of a hematite, uh, not a disc, a, a, a uh, well, yeah, a disc with a little circle, a little hole in the middle of it. And then several other um, side circles to the end of it. And it's connected with a pewter chain. And it looks gentle, but it definitely has a glint of energy around it. And it, it has the ever, ever so gentle glow inside the, de the dark of the box that it's in. And uh, he closes the lid. This will protect you from negative energy, which is the force that is that runs through the undead. So if I understand what you are going about, this will provide a substantial ward against the intrusions of any undead who try to harm you. Now, I want to be completely clear that this is not a perfect protection. This will give you a significant shielding against passive energies. But if a 
vampire was to exert its dominance over you, it would, it, it will help, but it may or may not fully protect you. I hope you understand the limitations of the magic. Um, why is there limitations? I brought you a fig of everlasting life. And I'm giving you two wards that will allow you to walk safely around Paranu. I'm simply saying, don't go picking... Don't go getting yourself in more trouble than you have to. Hmm, that is fair. But... Is this the extent of your magic? This is the extent of any... Protection from negative energy wards. Ah. Okay. Thank this you. will allow you to travel safely amongst the city of Paranu and will keep you safe from any sort of passive effects. Well, thank you very much for this. I believe that these will... May I see the other one, please? Absolutely. He nods, he opens the other. They look identical. And in fact, he holds them both open simultaneously. The craftsmanship looks really good. There okay. seems to be a very high... In, now that you look a little closer, in addition to the um, the main central disc isn't just smooth, glossy hematite. It's like etched with runes. All of the other ones are perfectly smooth. Um, his his uh, his jewelry work is nice. Oh, because I don't know how to test for you. This you is know. outside of your. <laughs> this is indeed outside of your your uh, your expertise. And I kind of feel like you know I can't really take this back. It's not like I'm going to get a receipt to get a refund. If Definitely, we decide we don't like it. There's a there's a level of trust that. here. And Mira goes, uh, "Why did you take that?" <laughs> he did come highly recommended. He did. So okay. Um, I think I'm satisfied, so I nod, and he can close those up, and I uh, produce the fig of eternal life from my little money sack. He, uh, before he takes it, he goes and he finds a another one of his jewelry boxes lined in velvet, and he, he holds it out for you to place the fig in the jewelry box. And I take the fig, and I place it very gently. And then he very gently turns it back to himself and he holds it up and he looks because you had done a little slice on it before yes. to kind of show and he looks in his oh yes oh there are this is very special and he then he very reverently closes the lid it has been a pleasure Working with you. Likewise, Malfo. Uh, thank you very much. And uh, best of luck to you. And to you as well. Oh, and uh, I believe from our last conversation you were, you were interested in speaking with uh, or learning more about the Shadow Fae. Were you not? Yes, the Shadow Fae does interest us. So I personally know very little. However, I was able to look through some of my my notes of various folks I've interacted with over the years. And I do know 
a shadow-faced sorcerer in Peranu. Her name is Olafu. And he hands you a little, a little folded piece of paper. Here. This is her place of business, or at least it was five years ago. Who knows if she's still there or if she's still alive or what. But five years ago, there was a shadow fay by the name of Olafu at that address. She is a shadow crafter. And she makes most of her living as a mundane scribe in the city. But she is her her place of business is located near the Great Square. You are welcome to mention my name and that I sent you. Don't he now don't go saying that you owe that I owe her any favors or anything like that. But you may reference me if you will. Understood and very much appreciated. We shall find Olafu. Excellent. I wish you the best and uh, I hope you don't die. <laughs> <laughs> well, if we do, I'll make sure to come back and haunt you. <laughs> I like you. If you survive, you should come back someday. We'll have some. We'll have tea. I want to hear all about whatever trouble you're getting into. It seems I have a feeling I would enjoy the story. Eleanor likes Malfo. <laughs> like, enjoys him. She thinks he's fine. <laughs> now, I have work to do. Get out of here. Yes. Good day, Malfo. And to you as well. And she, uh, Eleanor, just... Takes those two little wards, pops them in her money belt, and heads out. As he, uh, as he, right before you, he goes, wait a moment. I just remembered something. I was doing a little looking, and, uh, you are part of the Westergaard clan, right? I was. The hunters. That's correct. What in the name of Anu Akma are you doing all the way down here? That is a very good question. For which I don't have time to give you the full answer, but... Um, hmm. Basically, I found myself in a very... Um, I mean, you seem trustworthy enough. We, I found myself in the Oasis of Figs. And I traveled around the Oasis for well, that explains a lot. Oh, well. <laughs> I was wondering. Oh, no. Vera not happy that I'm telling Mira Vera doesn't know that any of this is taking place. <laughs> I was catching a whole lot of guff for romantic interlude. Ah. talking shop with a stranger who, on your way out, wanted to know your life story. And you are serving a silver platter i'm just saying <laughs> it's easy to talk to npcs you like it's easier than you think <laughs> he, ah. <laughs> i like here she's like mira the little yeah. the little angel and devil pop-up <laughs> don't do it he he shrugs 
I, I simply ask because I thought the Westergaards had died out a hundred years ago. Vampires killed them all, or so my text said. I don't care. Then, anyway. Do you have that book? <sighs> he goes and he kind of scans amongst a, amongst a shelf and <sighs> tap, 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 opens up one. No. Sets it aside and finds it. Uh, yes, uh, this is a it's a thin, thin book, and he he uh, slides it across the table to you. It's a history of the Strigoi. I've memorized mm -hmm. it. I suppose. Uh, got anything to trade? What do I have to trade? Ooh, you probably left a whole lot of valuables back at the house. I know. I think I only have some money. To be an errand. You didn't come equipped. Yeah, I only have money. Um, I pull out like a couple gold pieces. He kind of sneers. <sighs> That's entirely boring. He puts his hand up, kind of puts his fingers out on the book, like holding it firm. What do I have? I gotta look. I have a feeling that you have particular skills. Oh, no. I do have particular skills. Have you ever killed a Darakul? The ghoul folk? No, you have not. You know about them. No, I have not ever killed the dark ghoul. I've never even met one. Hmm. When do you leave? Tuesday. Tomorrow. Tell you what. Tonight. There is a dark ghoul by the name of Emmet Calabra. And he is, uh, well, let's just say I owe him some gambling debts. He's not particularly powerful more than any other Darakul you'd meet on the street. But I owe him money, and I don't like him because he cheats. Kill him tonight, and tomorrow morning, this is yours. <laughs> or not. I don't care. And he takes the book and sets it back <laughs> on the shelf. And he looks back at you and winks. Emmet Calabra. I really want to know what happened to my family. He likes to play cards <sighs> at the Soggy Rat. Uh, I'm just going to point out, you're in the room with a book that all you want to know, all you want to do is read. You don't even need to take it with you. I mean, it's a thin book. It's a thin book. It's a thin book. Okay. He also said he has it memorized. I'm just saying he basically just said, you're now a hitman. Go kill somebody I owe money to, and I will hand you this very... This very firm object that I have in my hand two feet away from you right now. 
Okay. I'm not saying that you want to necessarily yeah. hurt the shopkeeper who you just did a deal with, but but the deal's done. Right there, the book's right there. This seems awfully messy. The deal is done. You're a devil on your shoulder. Uh, <laughs> well, I'm wondering <laughs> definitely what, somebody else. what happens if I just grab the book and run. Good try that. Now, here's the thing. He's super powerful. He's you a necromancer. Yeah, you don't necessarily want to threaten him, especially in his lab, in his house. But you can maybe oh, make you could try. Kind of a... Might be fun. Okay. Oh, I just don't have anything to offer him. Like, glamours just don't. Uh, I, like, want to give him something, but I'm sure that I left all my good stuff, except for my dagger, which I don't want to give to him. I don't want to give him my vampiric dagger. I don't blame you. Uh, you could maybe even just... If it were Mira, bargain smith. So I'm gonna say that maybe like in character, like you've picked up on a couple of like <laughs> this idea may have come to you anyway. What Mira would do is she did say he had a book memorized, so you don't have to look at it. How much information will the two gold pieces that you do have on you get you? Right. And then buy whatever information you can from him now to sort of appease your heart, and then come back with more valuables for the rest. Tell him you'll, you know, bring back something that is deserving of the book for later. Okay. Okay. Um, Malfo. One, I can't believe that you'd hang out with such a kind of person like that. And then two, that you'd owe them <laughs> money. Oh, we all have our foibles. I'm terrible at cards, apparently, is mine. And apparently I keep questionable company. I mean, that's what uh, the Lady Alashra at the Palette Court would definitely say. He pauses. You have his attention. <laughs> Malfo, in your book that you read, did it tell you how powerful a 250-year-old vampire is? Not this book mm. but uh i understand huh. what if i uh what if i just peeked in your book what if i just you know we pretend it's like a library like the great library de malfo and i give you two gold pieces and i read for 10 minutes that seems like a very poor trade and suddenly the the tone in the room is just a little is a uh, is rather cooler. Hmm. I'm not one to haggle, but knowledge has value. And in your books does it tell you what happens when a hunter gets bitten and rises from the ashes? And I kind of gently pull back the um, collar on my shirt to reveal a little bit of the tattoos. Hmm. Hmm. Perhaps hmm. if you let me read, 
Perhaps I come back at another time and we talk. And I could tell you my entire life story. And maybe you would learn a little bit more than that's in that little book. He pauses. He's looking at, he's not even looking at your face. He's looking at the bit of tattoo that you're showing. Are those... <gasps> you're a member of the Shadows of Blood, aren't you? I am. Very well, I have a new offer for you. Oh, shit. <laughs> I will let you read the book. And then you, and I will let you read in peace. I want one hour of you disrobed, and I want to study those tattoos. I mean, okay, sure. Like. <laughs> <laughs> Maintaining firm boundaries and expectations ahead of time. There is not an ounce of oh, lust no, 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 in no, this. No, 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 no. He is entirely wanting academic. to. This is entirely <laughs> academic. It's just funny. Yeah, it's funny. I think that is very fair, mouthful. Deal. He knowledge, grabs the book off. Knowledge for knowledge. He tosses the book, sliding it, spinning across the table to you. You read. I'm going to work on my project. Um, could I get a cup of tea? Jasha! <laughs> he hollers. <laughs> a moment later, she comes in. Yes, sir. <laughs> get her some tea. And she scowls at you. What's your pleasure, dear? Oh, I have a jasmine tea. Of course. <laughs> and she leaves and she comes back with some very nice jasmine tea a few minutes later I think Yolak's smell from the other night still sort of <laughs> simmering back in the palate <laughs> so he, you, you can peruse the book for a while he has plenty of work to do on his pro current project but uh, to, let's say it takes you like an hour-ish of reading to yeah, like get I, what you want I really just want to like see what the history is yeah. of the family and what happened to them so according to this author um you actually do find yourself referenced Ooh. at one point and according to this author you were killed by darius oblivia Ooh. 250 years ago from there he proceeded to systematically go through and kill each of your family um Malfo, did you did you know that it re referenced me in this book? Did no. you know that I'm famous? No, are you really? I I am. Well, and I go show him the the part of the book, and I say that yeah. that's me. Yeah. That is me. You're not dead. I'm not dead yet. <laughs> <laughs> well, authors, and he sort of taps the book and. Heads and back to go his back. Work. Yeah. <laughs> so according to this author, you died, and then Darius Obliviat proceeded to go on a like hundred and fifty year effort of trying mm. to like exterminate the Westergaards. Wow. However, didn't you hear something a little while back that they were still? Yes, I did. Yeah. That's why I'm so curious. Yeah. Differing sources. According to this guy, the last. 
Westergaard was wiped out like a hundred years ago. Hmm. So, um, and did it say what happened to Darius? Uh, according to this guy, there's no mention of Darius Obliviot ever dying. Okay. Mm. So, according to this author, your family has been dead for a hundred years. Maybe worth noting the author's name, because if this is some kind of, like, vampiric propaganda ah. bent on, on uh, obliterating true. the Westergaards... It's true. Uh, we may want to just take note as to who is in the family's favor and who's not. It's a good point. Valid. Can I see who wrote this? Uh, yes, you may. I <laughs> don't have a... I'm, uh, his name is Tarragon. Ethan Tarragon. Ethan Tarragon. Okay. Ethan Tarragon. Okay, well, I finished reading. I think I've gotten everything that I want to get out of the book. And so I, mm -hmm. I go set it back on the desk and then I... I disrobe and let yeah. him study. He uh, he comes over and he's got a bunch of notes and he's just like looking all around and making lots of scribbles and drawings of what he's seeing. And it's the weirdest thing because it's in another circumstance, it would be like super intimate. And this feels really weirdly clinical. I am okay with he that. He has... Absolutely, you have never been naked in front of someone who just seriously had l so little interest in the actual body going on. <laughs> so, yeah, it's an odd, it's an odd situation. But he takes a bunch of notes for an hour. He takes every minute of it, and he seems like he probably could do more. But finally, at the hour, he has a little sand timer going on, and he says, "Well, a deal's a deal." That was extremely educational. You can put your clothes back on. Hmm. Well, cheers. Cheers! And he uh, pours a little glass of wine, hands it to you, and takes a sip for himself. I hope your travels go well. As do I. As do I. So you get yourself back together, and, yep. uh, and uh, um, Jesha escorts you back out. Yep, now I'm going to beeline it back to Tomlin's house. Okay, so, as you are heading back, um, could you make a focus check for me? Focus. Okay, so I got a one on the dice, and my focus is zero, so that's a one. Okay, so, I'm not, you, know. you are not particularly aware so you glamour yourself yes. back up again yes before i go out mm -hmm. of the house but you are you are not particularly aware of the fact that um some folks are following you okay as you uh go well and going back to tomlin's house because i've got the jewelry before so you make it through your checkpoint good smoothly great no big deal and you, as you are headed back to, uh, as you are headed back to Tomlin's place, um, you're kind of moving through some side streets, and then you suddenly find yourself, uh, as you're going, to, you, suddenly a group of guards cut you off at one of your exits from a street, 
It's a narrow little a narrow little street. Okay. Kind of just meant for foot traffic. And and then some other guards come out behind you. You are surrounded and they say, Excuse us. I need you to come with us, please. Oh, I am uh I'm sorry, why? We know who you are. And you oh. know why we're asking. Drop the facade. I don't know. Have you been to our caravan? My mother has the best nutmeg in all the land. Eleanor Westergaard, you are under arrest by the God oh, King no. himself. Come with us oh, now. Now, there are two guards in front, two guards behind. These look like fairly standard dudes. Oh, no. <laughs> this is why I didn't want you going out the <laughs> No. The you shouldn't system. have pissed off Jesha. <gasps> hey, I didn't even roll. I did not fail any rolls for Jesha. But you gave her We failed a whole name. lot of rolls for Jesha about a few weeks ago. Uh, so how are you going to deal with these guards? Okay, so I dropped the glamour. Awesome. They all, they all seem my, a little taken aback. But... My glamour was um, this girl, and she mm -hmm. was a lot more slight mm -hmm. and more petite. And mm -hmm. so Eleanor stands up. In all of her magnificence. <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, all right, boys. <laughs> I am going to give you to the count of three to run. <laughs> if you do not run, I will have you for lunch. They look confused. And I get my fangs out. Ooh. Oh, yeah. Oh, we're bringing the house down. Would we're you, leaving tomorrow. Would you like to begin with a... That sounds like a create advantage with bold. Yeah. With scale. With brutal. With brutal. He's being brutal. It's brutal if you bite them. Yeah, yeah this is, this is bold, but, but you yeah. get... Uh, you may have... You may have... If you would like to mark a box of thirsty, I'll let you use your thirsty bonus for this. Let's do that. So if you would like to uh, mark a sure. box of thirsty, get a yeah. plus two and scale. That's so a plus three, yep. and then a one. Difficulty two. Okay, so I got negative one on the dice, but then my bold is one, mm -hmm. and then I have a plus two for thirsty and one for scale, so that gives me a plus four minus the dice. That's a plus three. Okay, so the difficulty was two, so you gain a one in one uh, free invoke on, um, terrified. Okay. So this, I don't want to. We're not going to run this as a full combat okay uh we're just gonna resolve this in a single check however a single check okay however One single dice troll to take out a whole detail of guards but that but so <laughs> so basically we're rolling several rounds of what would probably be a a uh a you know full-on fight scene but we're gonna do that in a just a we're gonna just to take a high level roll and so difficulty for the roll is five Oh. However, if you fail, that's how much stress you end up taking in order. I assume you're mopping the floor with these bozos. 
That's not really the question. It's a question of what does it cost you? Okay. To mop the floor with these bozos. Okay. So, and you have a free invoke going right. into it because they are scared of you. They're not going to run? No. Okay. They did know they were going after someone special. So their their duty is uh, going to keep them in it. But uh, they are terrified of you in the in the process. Okay. So I think this probably has to be brutal if you're doing a fight. Yeah, it'll be brutal. Yep. It's fine. Oh yeah. Yeah. I'm probably gonna try to kill one and like, I don't know, stick his head on a spike and send it back to the god king or something. <laughs> what wow. the message. i well, he keeps trying to come after us. So, single oh, roll. I don't know what's going to happen. And let's see. I, I'm curious. This, the, the question here is, what does this cost you? You're going to win this fight. Is, what do I roll? Yeah. Oh, crappily. Okay. So, I got negative one on the dice. These dice suck. Um, and then we're doing brutal. Brutal. Can I use thirsty again? You sure can. Okay, I'm going to mark another box of thirsty, okay. giving myself a plus two, and scale, which is a three. Yep. So that gives me a five. So that's a tie. You um, also have terrified, so that can break that breaks your tie for you easily. Well, but but I have a negative one on the dice. Oh. So my um my approaches and my stunts and everything give me a plus five. So minus that one, I'm at a four. And then the terrified is a plus what? Two. Is a plus two. So that is a plus six. Yep. So that will see. Okay, so... Tell us how you wipe the floor with these bozos. Um. So, so there's there's two in front of me and two behind me. Yep. Okay. So I'm going to lunge forward, and yes, <laughs> jumping at them, sort of parkour style. I'm actually going to land on one of them while swiping at the other, mm -hmm. and. Uh, just sending him flying, his head hits Bat again. him aside. Yeah, he's going to hit a brick wall and go limp. Mm. Um, and then the other guys, I don't know, they're going to run at me. Yeah, they're going to come running in with their spears. I get my whip out. Mm. Nice! <laughs> and I totally, like, whip it, and it's going to go around and... Uh, Disarm the... Just take their spear. No, it's going to wrap around his neck. Oh, okay. Like a... Like a... Would you... Like, I'm thinking like a Xena move, where okay. she'd like take her whip and like oh, whip at yeah. someone and... Yeah. Goes around the neck, and then she like yanks him forward, um, and then runs and... I'm totally imagining Xena in this mm -hmm. like... <laughs> this scene. A very Xena-style fight. Yes. And then like, head kicks the other guy. Um, I don't know if I need to kill them or not. It's an important decision. I'm going to take all their clothes. <laughs> so knock them all out and then strip them? Yep. Do you tie them up at all? Um. They all ooh. have handcuffs. Or yes, ma I'm manacles. Gonna, they yes, all I'm going to manacle them all together. <laughs> and then... I'm going to take my dagger, mm. and on each of their chests, I'm going to carve a W into them. Ooh. All right. Brutal. All right, cool. And then I go home. You go home. And I'm so... not going to tell Mira I did that. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. Maybe I will. 
So, it may come out into our discussion about may. the uh, the morality <laughs> of of killing threatening enemies. Carving. So you walk in the door and you see Mira holding out her her new staff and you recognize the grain of the wood, but it looks very different because now it's all bulgy because it looks like it's absorbed the uh, the scepter that Yolak had given her. <gasps> and what's oh. happening is a intense, short beam of flame is extending out like a foot from her, like a, like a big blowtorch as she's demonstrating to Tomlin what the Staff of Summer Flame can do. Ooh, Eleanor just kind of is taken aback. Oh my, Mira! What is this? May I introduce to you the Staff of Summer Flame? Oh my, but is this, is this um your staff? It looks, I mean, it, it does, looks like it. We were, we, with our skills combined, like adoringly, like <laughs> over a Tomlin, we were able to meld these two weapons together to combine their power to enhance the power of each other. So no longer the Staff of Four Seasons with a haphazard shooting of flame at canopies and canvas and risking lighting whole marketplaces on fire. We now have a lot greater and more concentrated firepower at our disposal. Oh. This is fantastic. And how did you, is this the scepter in the middle? The core is inside. They are now one. Oh. And how was your errand? Was it, was it successful? It was fruitful. <laughs> and I pull out the, um, the two little wards and I show you. Uh, Malfo did a wonderful job. He truly is a craftsman. Tomlin takes a... Oh. oh interesting. I'm not super familiar with this, but I think I can see what's going on here. Huh. Can yeah. you tell us more? I it's a it's definitely a ward. I'm is this a he he takes a moment and he actually like puts on some glasses. Is this a negative energy ward? It is. It's uh, meant to protect us from the undead. However, Malfo did say there were limitations. He said that it will let us pass by um, passive undead. However, if, you know, Mira, you go and pick a fight with one, then we are... Uh, it won't protect us. So... Tomlin looks at Mira. So, I I mean, you're really going, aren't you? I think we have to. Do you? He asked the question that I've been asking myself for days now. And him saying it out loud is like, Forcing me to face it. I mean, you, 
I, I understand why you can't stay here. I mean, it seems like there's a, a hunt out for you, but I, I could leave. We could go somewhere else. We could, we could go back to Perbastet. <laughs> we could, we could go somewhere. Well, I think of all places where we would be safe. I, I think we can put Perbastet off that list. However, I know I won't be able to rest until I know that we are safe. And living life on the run does not sound appealing in the least. I understand. And so wherever we may go, I wouldn't want to put you in any greater danger than we've already been. So until we unlock this Shadow Fay mystery and find out who is after us exactly and why and neutralize that threat, whether that's seeking refuge in the oasis and getting home or facing them head on, we cannot rest until we are safe and we have to press on until we until that happens however we accomplish that i don't want you to go there i've said it don't go we'll figure it out send the figs How with her I... pointing to eleanor whoa how can I stay knowing that I would be sending my dearest friend out into danger? We're no safer here. We would just be hiding and evading guards as we've done for the last two days. That would be our entire lives. And I, I would be putting you in danger if I stayed. I know. I, I promise you this. don't want you to go. And I don't want to leave you. But what would be worse would be staying and putting you in harm's way i promise i will come back when it is safe this is not goodbye he smiles you should like give him something to remember you by so i i reach into my satchel my my like mm herb pouch and I take I take out what I had and I look at it and it I put it right back and then I look at Eleanor you're gonna give him a fig aren't you I go to the lockbox I cross the room and I go to the lockbox <laughs> and I'm going to Give him a fig. Uh, I'm gonna like wrap it reverently, like wait. in a cloth. How many figs do we have left? Ten. We have ten. I'm going to give the fig. I, I, I like. I. He sees it. Oh yeah. He knows what they. Oh yeah. So like, I don't have to make a big presentation out of this. This is like the most like reverent, like solemn thing. So I hand this to him. Say, I promise to be back for you however long it takes wait for me oh, oh so he can live oh he's crying he kisses you 
smart. That's really nice. And really sweet. Okay. So I hope Eleanor's not so mad at me anymore. I mean, I was just sitting there kind of watching the whole thing unfolding, not quite sure. I'm definitely not bringing up the guys. I was, I was saying, this is a great way to just, like, gloss over the rest of your day. Yeah, just, I got the things. <laughs> yeah. Yay! Yay! Okay. And uh, the night will... The, the, the night will pass, and the next day you'll join up with the caravan for the embalmers guild but we will we will do that next time <laughs>